Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, October 27th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Super Terra hosts an epic journey in art, writing, and NFTs with Miss Borland. Let's take a listen. Good evening. Hello, hello. Good evening. Well, without further ado, um, let's let's get things underway. I'm sure we'll have a, a number of good folks join us as as the um, event goes on. Uh, but for me, this, this is a real pleasure. Uh, uh, we've been talking for several months, uh, a shared love of art, um, enjoying your um, first project that came to my attention, which was the, uh, the Into the Gorge and the fantastic um, NFT, the audio book, the written book. Uh, and uh, I love that concept. And of course, uh, we chatted again uh, throughout your epic writing of your um, incredible story, which we will obviously um, explore in, in greater detail. And then um, I saw your tweet that announced that you'd finished the 100,000 word plus uh, project. And uh, we thought, right, well, let's, let's, let's finally have a chat and we'll get ourselves into a space to explore uh, the wonderful world of uh, writing and almost fantasy and lore and NFT art. So it's an absolute pleasure to welcome you. Um, MS Burland, uh, I'm a big fan of your work and really fantastic to have you on, on the spaces. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, yeah, we've been we've known each other for a little while now. And so it's it's awesome that we we finally found the time to to put together spaces and and just you know hang out and, and chat about all things NFT books and, and NFT writing. Um, and it really, NFT books are, and Web3 publishing are really truly a, an obsession of mine. I would say minor obsession, except the problem is there's nothing minor about it. Uh, and I was actually just, just in kind of preparing for this conversation and, and even just thinking about the journey that's, that's brought me here. I, I looked back and I realized my first tweet thread about NFT books was December of 2021. So so we're coming up almost almost a year now that I have been tweeting about NFT books, tweeting about Web3 publishing. Uh, and then this summer I finally kind of put my put my money where my tweets have been and and really went all in on the concept for myself. And so that was the Into the Gorge project, which was a standalone short story uh, written actually natively web3 it was actually written intended to be released as as an nft and the reason that i did it first of all it was just a ton of fun but i knew that i i had full length fiction that i had two books that i was really you know pretty passionate about the idea of releasing as an nft series but i wanted to do into the gorge as a standalone short story first as a proof of concept 
you know, before I before I took anybody's money, before I asked anyone to pay for any any piece of my writing, or you know, come to a come to a mint site and and you know, connect their wallet, I wanted to actually do a free mint. So definitely participated in free mint summer. You know, we're very much in in the bear market, and so I thought, you know, I don't I don't need to take anybody's money. Um, but what I actually want to do is I just want to release a short, really fun piece of writing as an NFT with a couple of different components, um, work with a dev, build something from scratch, kind of, you know, kick the wheels on this process and, and then just put the, put the invitation out there to who I really just thought it was going to be like my friends and followers and supporters. I don't have a massive Twitter following. Uh, I think my it's it's mainly people who I'm friends with, so you know they're really really engaged, and I have I have tons of friends and supporters, but you know I don't I don't have a huge following. So I really just kind of thought this would be something fun for me to do as a proof of concept for an NFT book launch, and I'll just give away some writing and some art to my friends for free, and I just had no expectation that the Into the Gorge Freeman would have the kind of reach and the kind of impact that it did. I mean, when sometimes still when I look at the stats on OpenSea in terms of that mint, it, it blows my mind. We had over 700 unique wallets mint and 1400 editions were, were minted. And so it was seeing that that really gave me the energy and the encouragement and the excitement to say, okay, Let's finish the book, do another round, basically the edits and rewriting, sort of the, the final polish for the for the book, for the manuscript, to get it ready for publication. There's interest here. There's an audience for this. Um, people are actually way more excited about NFT books than, than I thought they would be. So that's basically the, the Into the Gorge Freeman story. And yeah, I finished the editing and the proofing and the rewrites on the Shadows book. Um, the official title is actually Deathbringer, um, but the I call it I call it the Shadows book because it's it's part one of the Shadows of the God series. So I finished all of that work. Um, I guess last week. Time time flies when you're having as much fun as I'm having. And yeah, so it's been shipped off. We've got the cover. The cover art is finished. We're finalizing the cover design. The interior of the book is in layout and design. Um, I'm working with a fantastic publishing industry veteran who also happens to be an NFT artist. Uh, I think most people here know him as as NFT Terry or Terry Bain, uh, but he's actually a publishing industry veteran. He's a professional book designer, so he's doing all of the design and layout for the interior of the book and the dust jacket and all of that. So yeah, we're we're moving ahead. Things are in progress. All of the pieces are coming together. So the physical book is in, is in design. Uh, the voiceover actor, who happens to be my best friend, Claire, uh, is working on the audiobook portion. Uh, we're working on the, the website and all the Web3 development work. So yeah, I'm, I'm living my, my NFT book, Web3 publishing obsession dream right now. That is absolutely fantastic. I think for me, the thing that really struck me is it's very high production values. I didn't actually appreciate until just now. I know we had a, a very nice chat ahead of this, um, but the fact that you've brought in some really kind of powerful 
um, industry support. And as you mentioned there, yeah, the, 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 the voiceover um, actor as well, that's um, everything about it is very polished. And I think I almost remind myself of this, that as you rightly said, this, this whole kind of idea was born uh, less than a year ago. I'm really interested to understand because you have a, a really good way of writing. Uh, you kindly sent me an advanced draft of the, of the first part of the, um, I didn't realize it was the Deathbringer series. I think I've been calling it Shadows throughout myself as well. Uh, really powerful writing. Where, where do you get your inspiration from to, to, to create that sort of um, fantasy lore, for want of a better expression? I am a massive Greek mythology fan. And this has been true of me since I was a small child. Um, there was something about, I think, the goddess Athena. I, I is my my for one of my forever favorite characters in in literature. I really think I knew the story of Athena before I knew the story of Cinderella. Um, I didn't have the happiest childhood. Definitely grew up in sort of a, a bit of a complicated, um, turbulent uh, home. And so reading was this unbelievable, really important escape for me from a very, very young age. And I remember this, this book that my, that, my, that my parents had, it was actually a retelling of Greek mythology specifically for children. It was called, I can literally see the cover, I can, I can see the whole thing, uh, it's called Classic Myths to Read Aloud. And so it was, really an introduction and overview of some of the the core Greek myths retold in this very, very accessible, um, you know, style that was actually more appropriate for, for children to read. And I just fell in love with this book from a very, very, very young age. And that love of Greek mythology has stayed with me uh, pretty much my entire life. And I was lucky enough Right before the pandemic hit, in so this is February 2020, I took my first trip to Athens. And you have to understand, I grew up in a very small town, kind of like very much like a rural area in the American South. So this is not a place with a lot of advantages or opportunities or like cultural experiences. I mean, basically the only thing in this town was the Nissan automotive factory. And so I loved Greek mythology. I loved these stories. I had read histories of you know, Athens and the Peloponnesian War and uh, you know, the city-state of Sparta. And you know, basically all of the things that, that you learn when you're studying your classical history and literature, I just, I devoured, I loved them. You know, everything Homeric, the Iliad, the Odyssey, all of the, the Theban plays and the Greek tragedies. And so Athens to me was this mystical, far off, unattainable kind of place. It wasn't, in my mind, a city that had like an airport code that you could fly to and you could visit that was like a real place. Uh, but we had been living in Europe for a while. So we, we moved to Germany in 2016. So we've been, we've been in Frankfurt for uh, almost seven years now. And finally, the time was right. And so we spent a week in Athens. And I can't exaggerate, it, it really changed my life. It was all of the places that I had been reading about and had fallen in love with for my entire life, ever since I was a little girl. And I finally got to 
go walk around in Aristotle's garden outside the city, the old city walls of Athens. And I got to see the Diplon Gate and I got to see the Karamikos Cemetery where the prominent citizens of, of Athens and the military heroes had been buried. And it really, it really truly changed my life. And then on the very last day of, of our week in Athens, we went to the National Archaeological Museum. And one of the first exhibits, one of the first rooms that you see when you walk into the National Archaeological Museum in Athens is the exhibit on the Bronze Age. And they have a collection of golden death masks that date from approximately the same time as the historical Trojan War. And the story of these is fascinating because you know, everyone had, had read and heard the story of the Trojan War as told by Homer in the Iliad. And before this, this archaeological dig happened, before these, these, uh, these death masks were, were found, um, because they were not found until really like the, the middle to the end of the, of the 19th century. And basically the, the excitement was, oh, we've, we've discovered the grave of Agamemnon, was how this archaeological dig was reported. And it really just seeing that in person and, and hearing that story for the first time, I thought there is a part of Greek history and Greek mythology that sits at the intersection, the absolute real intersection of history and legend. That there's a that all of these stories that are mythology, that are fantasy, that are literary, they're actually rooted in a very real place and really a very real time in history. And I thought, now that's a world for a novel. That's that's a place to ground a fantasy story or a mythology retelling. And so that was really, that experience became the seed for all of the world building that, that is, exists in the Shadows book, uh, where I thought, okay, how do I take this idea of mythology retelling and this purely fictional you know, fantasy that I, I want to tell about fate and free will and gods and mortals and, you know, the gods meddling in human affairs, which is, of course, completely fantasy. It's, it's completely mythological. But how do I ground that in things that are real? How do I take that and put that, plant that firmly in a very real time and a very real place? And so that's what I've tried to do with the Shadows book. And that was my inspiration. And I have to say that that was an incredible story that you wove around the passion and the, and the interest that came through as well. Uh, for me, uh, as I readily admit, I, I'm not particularly well read, but I can absolutely imagine that going to Athens, having grown up around the, the, the legends, seeing the very places that inspired the legends, and then actually bringing it full force through to your writing in the 21st century that absolutely perhaps takes on the most modern of art forms, which is obviously the new world of NFTs, which we'll explore more in a minute. But I think for me, you know, when you talk about Agamemnon, I remember that was a famous find of the mask. And every element of what you just spoke about there makes me want to pick up a book 
and read more about the Greek legends. I mean, my, my own sort of experience um, in my schooling was about the most exotic we got was perhaps reading a Shakespeare play when we were in the sort of the uh, the sort of secondary school phase, so sort of age 14, 15. Um, the, 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 the Greeks was not something that we ever really studied, but I, I can see the fantastic um, mysticism as well in, in some of these things. And actually that kind of thread, I'm now my, my brain's kind of going on overdrive. Uh, some of the most modern of sci-fi programs have massive nods back to to the Greek gods, and obviously, you know, lots of comic book series have threads running through. And obviously, also the Norse gods, the Roman gods, and so on as well. Ultimately, those stories are in some way grounded. But actually, probably now I think about it with the exception of maybe the Romans, because obviously there's a lot of good remains there in, in, in lots of parts of the world, you know, not least Rome itself and, and various parts of Italy and other parts of Europe. But actually, Athens, it's, it's a vast modern metropolis, but it's very much also, it's, it's a museum and a window onto a very enlightened age of which we're kind of learning more and more about now. Um, but coming back to your writing, I think what you do with that you put your own spin on it. And I think the best way um, I can describe it is having read your, your works and actually listened to it. I quite enjoyed the audio book. I'm, I'm mentally transported to a very exotic world. And um, you almost paint a sort of a, a picture with words that, that, that goes into my mind. So I'm really excited to see how the... Um, the shadows come to life with the the illustrations, the imagery. Is, is there anything you can tell us a little bit more about that side of things? Any kind of sneak peeks or, 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 or hints there? I have to say it is the biggest compliment to hear you say that you felt transported in listening to Into the Gorge and reading that, that first chapter of the Shadows book, because that's always what I'm looking for in a great piece of fiction. And again, you know, this, this goes back to my childhood. When I picked up a book, you know, I wanted to be transported. I needed to be transported. And so that's what I need in fiction. That's what I want. And that's also what I, that's the experience that I want to give my readers. And when it when it comes to you know the mythology and the retelling in the in the stories, you know, I very much did try to write kind of in different layers, so that if you know nothing about Greek mythology, if if you have never read, studied, seen, you can still come to these these you know this book, this piece of fiction, and you don't need any you don't need to be a, a, a greek mythology fan to get into the story and start reading you know there's enough guideposts you know i, I guide you through um if you do love greek mythology there are going to be some easter eggs in there for you there's going to be some um you know some things that i play with there's some some games that i play with some of the retellings um so if you're a fan there's something there for you if you are completely new to greek mythology don't worry you, you don't need it. You're still going to be able to enjoy the story. Um, and there's, there's enough description along the way. Um, one of the things about this project that I am most excited about, and I haven't talked a lot about this on Twitter just yet. I've, I've been holding back. Um, and I can see my, my very, very dear friend Nye is here with us tonight. She's listening. Um, so maybe if, if she's able to stick around, she'll be able to say a few words as well. Um, because, you know, thinking about the 
NFT space. So this is this is a pure Web three launch. This book is not available on Amazon. This is not this is not available. This is not previously published somewhere else. Um, this is a pure Web three launch. And so when I thought about creating something for truly my my friends in the NFT space, creating something that's pure Web three that embodies the spirit of the NFT space and the creative community that I have been so incredibly lucky to find here, I thought, okay, how do you, how do you really, you know, do that with a book? And I thought, well, you have to have amazing artwork. So one of the things, so all of the, all of the art that is associated with my project, with the book, is completely original artwork that has been designed specifically for this project by my very, very good friends, by incredibly, incredibly talented artists um, in, who are in the space, who are working in the space, you know, full-time or if not full-time, you know, very, very dedicated and important parts of the community. So what we are going to be doing when the first when the first book the the shadows book launches here soon we i have actually worked with 10 different artists to create 10 different one of one pieces of art that will be used as covers we'll have five one of one covers for book one and five one of one covers for book two and I am just, I've, I've started to see pieces come in, you know, they've been working quietly. The, the artists who, who have agreed to come on and be part of this project have been working very quietly behind the scenes, you know, but I, I'm starting to get pieces, you know, first looks at pieces in. And, you know, I have to tell you, they have blown me away. So I didn't want to do commission work because I've worked on commission and creating anything on commission. Sometimes it's a necessary evil, um, but it's not how I like to work. And I know it's not how a lot of my artist friends like to work. So I basically went out to, you know, friends, you know, on an individual basis. And I said, Hey, would you be interested in creating a piece of art to be used as a one of one book cover for my book project? And I said, Here's what we're going to do. It's going to be the Shadows of the Gods collection. They're going to be one of one pieces. And each piece is going to be an individual personal artistic representation of one of the Greek gods or goddesses in the pantheon. So Athena, Poseidon, Hermes, Zeus, Artemis, Apollo, uh, the big ones. And... And I said, I don't, I don't, you know, no, no guidelines, no rules, you know, create, you know, this is, you know, I, I did pair artists with, um, with specific, you know, people who I really thought it matched their style or it matched their ethos. And I said, Hey, you know, well, does this fit for you? Does this make sense? And so we worked on it together. Um, and so not only is this a pure web three launch in the sense that it's an NFT book, we're also going to have, 10 pieces of original one of one art that will be minted and will be used as individual book covers for 10 collectors in, in the series. And I am just, I, I can, I cannot wait. I'll be announcing the artist very, very, very soon. Um, 
And then, you know, when the pieces are ready, we'll be sharing those as well. But I, I honestly cannot wait to share those because the artwork for this project just blew my expectations away, like beyond anything I could have even imagined or dreamed. These pieces are so incredible. And I was already excited about the launch anyway. I'm even more excited now. And um, I, I, something I always do on these spaces, and it, it genuinely is unintentional, I, I always manage to tease some alpha out. So that's, that's incredible news. So 10 artists uh, producing uh, representations of, of key Greek mythology figures to support this incredible work. Uh, I guess my next important question, I'm sure a lot of other people listening now and listening back later will want to know this. Do you have um, a launch date in mind or is, is that still sort of working through with, with obviously all the artistic processes and uh, images to be created? I'm very close to having a launch date. Um, it, it will be this year. So it will, it will definitely be this year. It will be before Christmas. Um, I'm not quite ready. I think I think my dad would probably shoot me if I if I if I gave a date without you know double and triple checking with him, um, because this is this is an absolutely custom process. We have built everything for this project from the ground up, and I'm so incredibly proud of that. So I have I have my own developer who I'm working with who has. Uh, he does front end and he and he's doing back end. He's doing all the Web three development for me. The same developer who I worked with for the Into the Gorge Freeman. Um, and so every everything is custom. The contract is custom. The minting gap is custom. Everything about the website, uh, you know, all of all of the development work. Uh, I mentioned the uh, the voiceover actor who's doing the audio episodes. He's doing the audio book. Uh, she actually is my best friend. Uh, we went to college together. We were college roommates. And so we've, we've been friends for 15 years. Uh, she happens to be a professional voiceover actor. She's one of the first people to read the book. And so, of course, when I said, oh, I'm going to do an audiobook, you know, she was she was the first person I had to call and ask me, are you available? Do you have time in your working schedule to narrate the audiobook for me? So she's, you know, she's doing that, you know, again, basically from scratch. Um, the, the book obviously is, is my, my blood, sweat and tears, my, my baby. Um, and then all of the artwork has been designed and, and created and conceived specifically for this project. So there are a lot of moving pieces and a lot of interdependencies to sort of, you know, make sure that everything is as seamless as, as we can possibly make it. So it will be this year. It will be, it will be very soon. Uh, the days are flying by for me now, which is, you know, which is wonderful. I couldn't be happier, but I'm not quite ready to give an exact date because, you know, I, the last thing I would want to do is put a date out there and then, you know, have some interdependency shift and then not be able to make that date. So um, what I really want you, know, I want to give, I want to give people, the people who, who collect this NFT book, I want to give them an amazing reading experience, but more than that, I want to give them an amazing web free experience. So I want every piece of this to be seamless from the second that you land on shadowsbook.xyz and you're ready to mint to the time that you connect your wallet and you press that mint now button to, you know, 
accessing the token gated library, getting your digital downloads, you know, placing your order for the physical book. You know, I want every single piece of that to be as seamless and as well designed as, as I can possibly do it. And there's a lot of work on the back end that goes into that. I'm actually very excited by that last bit you said as well. There will be a physical book because I must admit, the one thing that would make it complete is to have that whole Web3 experience and then that physical manifestation of it as well, which actually comes later. Uh, I think for me, again, my my knowledge of Greek mythology is is, is very, very limited. And so I'm a, a rank amateur. But the, the one thought I had in my mind is absolutely the fates have played a hand here. So your best friend is a voiceover artist. I mean, that that's an incredible element of, of fate there, positive fate. Um, and uh, it really does feel that like this this epic odyssey that you've undertaken and delivered in you know less than a few months from what I can gather to, to produce such a, a volume of writing is, is, is absolutely astounding. So um, I, obviously I won't force a date. I never would do. Um, I, I, I just like to tease an idea of, of when. So I, I certainly will be looking forward to minting um, before Christmas. But clearly, um, I think the anticipation certainly I already had from following you and obviously talking and discussing um, on, on, on Twitter. Um, for me, this, this, this is um, a pretty special project and I really struggle. And that's probably one of the things that really caught my attention when you were first sort of launching the Into the Gorge. I haven't seen, and I'm sure there are other artists doing this, I haven't seen anyone do what you've done in this style. And, and I think as well by offering the free mint, and, and I very happily um, did my own mint in the summer, uh, it, it's, it's a really nice gateway in. And, and I think as, as you launch the, you know, the, the major collection of books, um, it's only going to build the anticipation and, and, um, and pleasure, I'm sure, that many people will take from this. So um, for, for once, there isn't really a question from me. It's more just an observation that, that as I say, the fates are involved um, and also that I can really see this as a very groundbreaking a new type of project that absolutely I'm sure many others will look on in times ahead and we'll see other artists coming in and doing their own interpretations. But I think this is a really great use of Web3 that I've been really, really impressed by. And I think, as I said to you when we talked before this, yes, absolutely, I talked to projects that produce 10,000 images and they have some beautiful communities around them but this really captures my imagination because this is one person's um, passion and talent but also allied now as I've just discovered with a number of artists who are creating the the images images that will support these 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 um, these books um, yeah there's, there's a lot to like and there's a lot to unpack uh, uh, you mentioned that you've had this idea for just over a year, but I do feel that Web3 publishing is about to undergo a revolution and you are absolutely breaking new ground with what you're doing. And, and, and it's, um, it's something to take my hat off to. I love that you use the word community and, and that you reference that because the faiths absolutely are involved, but I think that they're really involved in the sense that I have been so unbelievably lucky to meet exactly the right people 
at exactly the right time in my process. And more than that, there's something that is incredibly special to me about this NFT community, this, this creative community. And I think it was actually probably like right around the time that you and I first met. So um, I, my first Web3 writing gig was with Tara. So I was I was working as a as a core writer for an NFT project on on Terra for about six months. So for my first six months, not actually a little bit more than a year ago, I I, I found that job in September of 2021. So I've been I've been full time Web three NFTs for a little bit over a year now, and for my first six months working in Web three, I was incredibly fortunate because. I I was working full time. I, I was paid, uh, working on working on commission, but I was being paid to write fiction. But I was also in the NFT space, and so I was just incredibly, incredibly lucky that for the first six months that I was here, I had the opportunity to build community. To and by build community, what I really mean is to be new in a space, to kind of mostly keep my mouth shut and just see how other people were doing things and really try to learn from the best in terms of how do we do things here but who who's successful who is who who is doing who is doing well what kind of art is being created how how do people interact with each other in a positive way what kind of what kind of behavior you know do we want in this space like who are the good actors who are the bad actors and so for 6 months i got to just hang out and make friends and i wasn't showing anything i didn't have anything to sell i was collecting uh but and i and i do collect nft art primarily on tezos but i was collecting and i was hanging out and i was making friends and i was kind of learning okay how do, how do we do things here and so after the terra crash in i guess it was end of april early may of this year and the project that I was working on, you know, had a very uncertain future. Um, I was at, they asked me to stay, you know, I, they did, they did ask me, ask me to stay and keep working and remain a part of the creative team. But I just sort of thought, you know, I think that the universe is telling me something. And I think that the thing that I am learning, what I've learned from this is it's time for me to go all in on my own creative work. And as, as one does, I wrote a Twitter thread and I said, the Terra blockchain has crashed. Um, I don't have a job anymore. I'm going to go all in on my own creative work. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to publish my debut novel as an NFT series. And here are the things that I'm thinking about and here are the questions that I have. And if anybody wants to read it, let me know. And if anybody would want to create art for a book cover, let me know. And if anybody has any good ideas for me for how to do this, let me know. And this is the end, end of May this year. And it just happened to be the perfect time. You know, I kind of tried to turn something that was actually pretty, pretty difficult. You know, the terror crash was actually a pretty rough thing to go through for somebody who was working full time in Terra and being paid in UST. Um, it was it was actually sort of this really rough moment that I thought yeah, the universe is telling me something. It's time for me to listen. It's time for me to go all in. But I've always believed that there's nothing worthwhile ever gets created by just one person. 
it, I really do believe that it takes a village. And I thought, you know, this community has become really special and really important to me over the last six months. So I'm going to go all in on my creative work, but I'm also going to see if anybody wants to help me. If anybody has any good ideas, if there's anybody who wants to be a part of this. And I was absolutely overwhelmed by the response. My DMs blew up with people saying, I'd love to be an advanced reader. I'd love to create a piece of art for your book. Um, actually, I've worked in publishing and I've been a book designer. And if you have any questions, I'm happy to get on call with you and talk. Um, I've published books of my own and I've, I'm a published author and I'd, I'd love to get on a call with you and talk about your project. And so that, that community, the fact that, that my creative community showed up without, you know, any, any promise of anything. You know, I basically just said, hey, I'm going all in and I could use some help. That response of the NFT community is, I think, more than anything else, what made me think this is going to be a pure Web3 launch. This, you know, I'm, I know who my audience is now. I know who this book is for. I know who this project is for. And if you offer to help me, I will absolutely 100% take your help every time. I'm never going to turn down an offer for help or an offer to have a conversation about my project ever. And so if I, some of the artists, you know, who, I, who I'm working with came out of that, came out of responses to that tweet thread. Some of the people who've been early readers for my book already came out of that tweet thread. And so it has just become this incredibly virtuous cycle for the project where every time I had felt like I was stuck or I needed something or I needed help or I wasn't sure what direction to go, you'll find me on Twitter asking questions, uh, you know, asking for feedback, asking for help, asking for advice. And my community hasn't steered me wrong yet. And I think everything you've said there, I absolutely echo uh, from the painful reminders of, of the terror collapse, which uh, hurt many in that community. And I guess you and I haven't really spoken about the, the terror connection. I think I first started following you when you were talking about you know, creating this wonderful project and asking for that community help. And I think we did, we tried to work this out. I think we, our original conversation was discussing the beauty of art. And I think I was talking about Ophelia. And there was just this, I think, whatever it was, is an interesting fates factor for me as well, because I was drawn into this wonderful project you were doing very early on through the power of, of, of Twitter. And I think for me, it's probably quite cathartic because I, I obviously, among with many others, was, was badly hit by the terror crash. Um, I've always done these spaces and they're just a thing that I do for pleasure, as, 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 as um, I've said before. But um, I kept doing the spaces and it was almost like a therapy uh, for myself and for others. And I think out of the ashes of that uh, collapse, I remember switching into some very interesting and very creative art discussions with people and um be becoming you know good twitter friends with, with with your good self and talking about projects i guess where i'm going from here is you're absolutely right the best thing about this community the nft community is people want to help you know i've had people who are from completely different backgrounds to me with vastly different life experiences say I want to help. I want to support. And we all have a, a good moral code. Yes, there are 
bad actors in the space and, and it's sad when that happens and yeah, I, I, I probably along with many have been rugged in projects and so on but I think the good by far outweighs the bad and for me as someone who is naturally someone that enjoys doing something for the pleasure of working and helping others I think there's a natural and positive community that's that's coalescing around NFTs it's people that want to help and want to make a better future and I think your your project, um, if someone had sat down and said to you a year ago, so you know, before you first had this kind of plan, you're going to write not just one, not just two, but a whole series of books. And prior to that, just to warn you, you're going to be working in, a, in, in an area where the company you're working with will sadly go into a difficult position as, 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 the, as that blockchain collapses. You'd have probably looked at them and thought, really? But here we are, um, less than a year, and, and you've produced you know, some incredible outputs and gone through a very challenging and, and, and uh, creative process. I'm sure there are people out there who have thought about writing a book for 10 years, and, and absolutely they'll, they'll get there. And I wish anyone well who has that creative streak in them. Uh, my number one piece of advice is try it, and people will help you. I guess what I'm getting at here is you've undertaken an absolute epic uh, writing experience and you've actually coupled it with all those other background factors that I hadn't even begun to realize yet. you've gone through that sort of uh, uh, challenging almost uh, point where in May I think it was early May I, I remember it was was it the first or the second week in May um, everything went overnight um, in, in the terror blockchain but you view immediately out of the ashes of that's right that's it that's that's my plan that's my that's what's what i want to do uh, and um and it's wonderful that you said there that you've had so many good people coming forward with all that wonderful life and relevant experience i just think everything about your story it feels like the perfect emergence from a very challenging event and um yeah for me community as you know from from our other chats community is such a powerful part of this if it was just art and, and i'm not don't mean that in a negative way art's great but if it was just art or it was just some people are in it purely for this just for, for buying it for its own sake absolutely nothing wrong with that but i think it's the stories it's the people it's the conversations uh, and that's why I, I i've been really looking forward to this because for me it's a creative endeavor that I think genuinely, if someone sort of sat down and said, I've written a hundred thousand word multi-stage story into a book. I've also done another book and all this has been created in, I think, what are we saying? Four months, five months total. Um, absolutely astounding. It's interesting because I often get the question why why are you why are you publishing your your novel as an nft why didn't you go the traditional publishing route or why why not just put it on on kindle use kindle direct publishing and publish it as an ebook and and put it in the kindle store and i looked at both of both of those options so to be to be fair uh the novel the, the writing happened before the bulk of the writing happened before i joined the nft space so in a way that's actually worse because i had the full manuscript sitting there in my office printed out on the shelf like looking at me 
just sort of like angry that it was being ignored. You know, I had to sort of live with this, this manuscript that was gathering dust on my bookshelf. I was doing nothing with it uh, while I was, while I was, you know, in my, in my web three writing job. And so I, I wrote the novel, I finished it, did, you know, one editing pass. And then I set it aside because I'd, I'd gotten this, this full-time contract writing fiction uh, in web three for the NFT project. So the novel was done and I basically ignored it. I set it aside. But at one time before I, I took the Web3 writing job, I did look at traditional publishing and I did look at the Web2 independent publishing. And there was nothing about either of those pathways that resonated with me. And I just, you know, I, I did I did do some reading and I did do some research about what I what I like to call the business of books. And I mean, I both on the traditional publishing side, but then also on the, the web two self-publishing or the web two independent publishing. And one of the things that I realized was that, okay, if you do traditional publishing, I mean, really you're, you're selling the, the rights, you're selling, you're selling the rights to your own creative work. Your creative work doesn't belong to you anymore. You've, you've sold that. Um, and, and you don't get it back if the book doesn't do well, unless you buy it back. So, um, Basically, you give up, if you go the traditional publishing route, you give up the vast majority of your creative control. And then on the other side, if you go the Web2 self-publishing route, independent publishing, Kindle Direct Publishing, or, you know, there's, there are other, there are other uh, platforms besides Kindle. It's just the most well-known. Um, you have a problem where there is a huge amount of titles you know, the Kindle Unlimited or the Kindle Storefront, for example, they just, they have thousands and thousands of titles that sort of get, get lost and you have no creative community. And so I just thought, well, neither of those options resonate with me. I don't want to give up creative control and I don't want to get lost in this sort of sea of, of other independently published titles and you know, maybe it's a little bit of the, the writer's ego or the creative ego, but I just thought, I really love this book and I, I think it deserves better. And I don't know what that answer is, but I sort of would rather let it gather dust on the shelf for a little while. I'll come back to it. I'm not going to forget about it, but I, I think it deserves better than either of these options. I don't know what the answer is, but these are not the answers. And then when I joined the NFT space and the Web3 space full time. And I was part of a creative team. You know, I was, I was a core writer. I was writing fiction as, as part of this, this creative project, this, this NFT project that I was on. And I was working with artists and I was working with devs. And I started to realize that the NFT space would be an incredible home for other types of creative work besides art. Uh, it's a natural fit for for art and for other types of digital collectibles. But I thought, no, I think it could actually be a way to split the difference between traditional publishing and Web2 self-publishing because you can maintain creative control. You know, I've done that. It's been very, very important to me to really design this reading experience from the ground up to, to really, you know, control as much as I can um, in the sense that I can give my readers a better experience. Uh, I don't have to, to delegate that to somebody else. I can actually take responsibility for building and designing a great reading experience. 
So I get to keep creative control of, of my own work. But at the same time, I have this amazing creative community so that I know who's reading. I know who minted into the gorge. You know, I can literally look at that list of ENS domains and you know, every time one of my friends minted, you know, I, I knew who was picking up, who was, who was picking up copies, who was minting editions of my, of my written work. So I have the creative control. I have the creative community. I have this unbelievable group of talented, talented artists who are supporting me. Uh, who believe in this project and who actually want to help me create an even better reading experience. Um, I just, I can't imagine if you are a new author with a new book, I cannot imagine a better way to publish your story or release your story than Web3. I, it resonates with me on every level. It checks every box for me. And yeah, I, I hope that we see more and more writers coming into this space. Um, you know, I hope that, you know, my dream isn't just to publish my own book. I mean, I'm incredibly excited about this process, as you can tell, you know, I'm, I'm really loving every piece and every step of the process. But what I would love even more would be to actually design not just a Web3 reading experience, but a Web3 publishing experience so that I can help other, help other writers who might be interested in doing the same thing. Because I really, I think that it is the best way for a new author to bring a new book uh, into the world. I truly do. I think that brings it nicely back to community. Because everything you've said there is about, you've trailed, you've blazed a trail, which is fantastic. But also by doing that, you can then give of your experience to others. And forgive me, I, I, I was I was possibly, uh, I did think, wow, you've written 100,000 words in a few months, but that now you've explained that the novel was there, it was ready, it was sat on a shelf, it was kind of staring at you and saying, at some point, I want to be published. But I love the fact that you actually looked at all those other sources. And I think what's really interesting is, uh, and I know a few people um, in my sort of in real life circle that have self-published, and you're absolutely right, it's a challenging and very hard market. And actually, you made the point there, which I hadn't thought about, you do lose that creative and direct control. And I guess as well, if you're, if you're going down the traditional publishing route, there's obviously a lot of the... Um, uh, cut, shall we say, would go to the publisher as opposed to the author. So there's all those aspects as well. So yeah, that's that's really fascinating. Um, it's something I'm not thought about. So yes, I think you you, you may well um, have an opportunity there to create a um, almost like a how-to and 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 inspire others perhaps listening now or listening later who who might have their own manuscripts that they're interested in in publishing. It gives a whole new democratized route and i also like the fact that you're absolutely right it's a very trackable community in the nicest sense um in that you can see the addresses that have minted and everything else so yeah lots of uh, positive food for thought so what were your number one piece of advice be to someone else listening now or listening later who had um either a burning idea or even a manuscript partially or ready to go what, what would be your first tip to them so I have a piece of very general advice, which is take as much responsibility for your own creative work as you can. Um, I don't know if that's financial advice or not. I don't know if we need a disclaimer there, but I, I have found that 
the more willing I am to do the work to own as many pieces of the process as possible, uh, the better experience I can give the people who truly, I think, deserve a fantastic reading experience or a fantastic Web3 experience. Uh, but also the more I enjoy that process, uh, doing, doing the hard work and you know, taking as much responsibility as I can for my creative work, uh, there hasn't been a moment yet that I've, that I've regretted that. And I really do think that, that the positives and sort of the, the return on that is absolutely exponential. I think that if you are a writer who's interested in you know, publishing a manuscript as, as an NFT book or as an NFT series, um, I think that really the, the first thing to do is to think about you know, who, who's your audience, who's your community. I really do think that community comes first. And you know, again, you know, my, my story is very much grounded in the fact that I spent six months here building community before I ever, you know, and literally by building community, I just mean hanging out, talking to people, asking questions, making friends, collecting art, you know, spending time in the space to really understand its ethos and to really understand, you know, how people think and how people tick and what gets them excited and what they want and what they need. So for me, it always starts with the reader. It always starts with the reader. And so I would say, if you have a book, if you have a manuscript, like think about who your reader is, like think about who your audience is, like think about who your community is, because you know, knowing who your book is for is going to, you know, I have found that's the prerequisite. That's the thing that then is going to help you make every other decision related to publishing. So I'll give you I'll give you an example of this because we've we've talked a little bit about about the audio book and we've talked about the physical book. So there when I when I when I released the book this this fall, so we're going to have an option for a tier for physicals. So you will be able to order a physical book, and then we have digital downloads that are friendly for Kindle, Apple Books, Android e-readers. And then we have audio episodes. So we have, we have an audio book as well. And the reason, there's a very specific reason why the book is being released in all of those formats. Because of course, you know, you don't have to. You could do just an audio book. You could do just physicals. You could do just the digital downloads, the, the ebook. And the reason for each of those different formats is because I was talking with some of my artist friends who knew I'm a, I'm a writer and, and I had a book and I had many people, I had multiple people say, man, if you release your, if you release your book, I'd love for there to be an audio book. I'd love for there to be an audio version because, you know, it's, I'm really busy. It's really hard for me to find time to actually sit down with, with a book, but I love to have something to listen to while I'm making my art. While I'm while I'm painting or while I'm drawing, um, and so I thought, okay, this is actually super important for my audience, for my community, for the people who I think would really enjoy this book. They'll enjoy it more if there's an audio version. That'll actually that's the reading experience they want. It's actually a listening experience. Um, and then a little bit later on, I did a Twitter poll where I said, you know, what's your preferred way to read? And I had you know physical book, I had Kindle. Um, I had Apple Books. You know, I had a, I had a few different things. I think I did actually have have audiobook on there as well. 
the overwhelming response, 62% of the people who participated in that poll said that their preferred reading experience, their preferred way to experience a story was with a physical book. And it was in that moment that I thought, okay, then I have to offer physicals because that's what my audience and that's what my community is telling me. So the, the two pieces of advice, take as much responsibility for your own creative work as you can and know who your audience is, know who your community is and who your readers are and design an experience for them. Absolutely. I would be one of the 62% as well. I, I absolutely love audiobooks. Um, they're a great way to digest passively, but there's just not no beating in my mind that feel of a physical book. Um, I'm actually sat in an office surrounded by hundreds of books. Uh, although, honest confession, the last time I picked up a physical book to read was probably quite a while ago. I, I consume my content um, mostly online now. Uh, I think all of that is great, though, because, again, it comes back to community and listening to, to what they want. And it, producing a multiplicity of formats gives the, uh, the community, the choice to digest in the format that they want as well. Um, I'm conscious you mentioned that your friend is in the audience and, and, and may want to speak. Uh, we've, uh, would you believe we've been talking for nearly an hour already, which is fantastic. Um, but I don't know if, if you wanted to, to, to bring them up, if they, if they wanted to, uh, to share thoughts. And indeed, if anyone else wanted to ask questions from the audience as well. Um, always incredibly welcome. Uh, my, my, my spaces are always an open format and uh, welcome any thoughts. Um, anyone who's um, uh, read um, the, the, first, uh, the first novel, the, the, Into the Into the Gorge, the first piece, or, or indeed is excited about the second one that's, that's, that's due to land before Christmas. So if I you do, do, don't be shy. Press, press, press request. I do still see Nye in the audience. I don't know that if she's in a place where she'd be able to speak or if she'd want to, um, but she is one of the one of the artists who is who's been working with me on on this project. And so, um, oh yeah, look, it looks like she's requested. So yeah, maybe we can turn it over to Nye and she can say just a little bit about uh, her experience working as an artist on this project. Excellent, fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us. Hey guys, hi Berlin. Now I was like, oh, I see her space and I like wanted to hop in because I know you've been working on this for a while. And obviously I've just kept my mouth shut about it. But yeah, I know I love I love storytelling. And I think bringing the original like physical craft of just like having a book and that idea of like imagination in your hands and you bringing that into Web3, I think is a very powerful move and you're quite ahead of what's to come, which is exciting, you know, to see more authors and writers having um, full control of where their writing is going, I think is very powerful. And I love the theme that you're, you're tackling. And obviously um, when I connected with Berlin, it was early on when I was doing like a lot of my um, VR fantasy stuff. And, you know, I make these very cool, unique characters. And I feel like that's kind of where her and I really like, came together as friends in this space and you know to see her doing this you know I want to support anywhere I can possible because she really is um, a genuine person and supporter here um, for artists and you know for anyone else that's trying to progress in web3 uh, absolutely um, I, I agree a hundred percent I think that's one of the wonderful things about this community and um, I think uh, 
the the ethos of helping others is so so critical and that that comes across in abundance and, and why we've become good uh, sort of virtual friends as well as, as a direct result i just think it's 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 fantastic it's great to see this coming to fruition and in in the spirit of community and and helping others, um, I am a, I am a huge fan of of nice art. I have been for a long time. We've been we've been friends for quite a while, and I actually had the opportunity to write a, an NFT sort of an art essay, art review about her truly unbelievable um, VR art collection, Astro Dreams. So um, that that essay is on my is on my mirror. Um, but if you if you don't know if you don't know Nye's work, I definitely definitely recommend that you follow her. And then really, she's everything that she does is incredible. I'm a I'm a fan of everything that Nye creates, but in particular her Astro Dreams collection just really really moves me in terms of being at the forefront and really like pushing the boundaries of I think what digital art can be in terms of storytelling. It's matched with three-dimensional audio. And it the first time I, I saw the first piece of the collection, it just it absolutely it it blew my mind. So it was an honor to be able to, you know, be a, a small part of that in terms of writing about the Astro Dreams collection, writing an essay about it. Um, but then just the opportunity to, to get to know Nye and then to have her as one of the artists on this project. Um, it's just such a virtuous cycle here in in the in the space. And so you know, I just can't imagine having this kind of publishing experience, having this kind of book launch experience anywhere else. So, I mean, this is this is it. Like, this is the way. No, well, I'm now going to. Sorry. Sorry. No, you're okay. I just wanted a quick, quick comment that no, definitely. And you know, I was I was really honored to like have Berlin, you know, write for my project because I know. You know, at, at that time, I was like, I can't like pay her. But what I did was I made an art piece for her and like was able to send that and, you know, seeing how she's been in the space and, you know, what she was bringing to the table. I'm like, no, like, I think for me, like what kind of NFTs and just the energy of being here has taught me is like not everything has to be currency. Like I, be I believe in like really powerful projects or visions. And that's what I like love to support because I think that's always valuable. and you know, to see writers again, like having their moment and especially someone I know that truly cares. Yeah, I would, I would support them in a heartbeat. And if it's just with my art, I think that's, that's just like the best part about being in this space is being able to contribute that and not have to worry about any financials, like a lot of partnerships, a lot of collaboration, but like beautiful collaborations. I like that. And again, I can relate in terms of kind of helping others, sharing, writing, sort of payment in NFTs is actually really nice. I, I will absolutely now, I've just started following you. I shall be looking at your art as well. And the other thing I really enjoy, a good example being being today, is we all we all make these lovely connections as a direct result of these these great conversations. And um, I've met so many great people through spaces, through some of the, um, I guess my writing is generally factual writing. I've not done some for a little while uh, where I'll sort of write about the market and so on. But I've really enjoyed, you know, interviewing lots of great people in the space. And it's amazing how every connection leads to another connection, leads to a conversation. And as, 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 um, 
as 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 as, as you know um, you, you, yourself uh, from our prior conversation, we have a friend in common. Um, we, we won't sort of because it's obviously on other spaces, but it's it's an amazing um, interlinked and friendly world. And I think probably my closing comment on 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 that would be. Um, Bringing, bringing up how you sort of both you know, got to be friends and the things that you shared, I think just epitomizes what a great community the NFT space really is. I mean, I have to echo everything that, that you've said. And also, you know, nice comment about, yeah, it's not always about quid pro quo here. It's not always about, you know, what can you do for me or, you know, what's the status game or what's the hype? It's possible to really find artists and creators and projects that you believe in. And there is nothing that makes me happier than seeing my friends and my fellow creators here win and succeed. Uh, you know, whether it's, you know, being accepted to super rare or whether it's, you know, a, a bidding war in an auction or a new collection, uh, you know, whatever, whatever that win is, I mean, I really do think that this is a space where the friendships and and the vision it's long term and just seeing you know seeing that flywheel of success for friends and artists and collaborators um, it's we're really we really are just getting started um, and that you know somebody somebody asked me not long ago like where do you where do you see this all going and you're like well, looking at the crystal ball like where where are we headed you know where is Web three publishing headed. And I said, look, you know, sometimes the best, you don't, you don't necessarily want to want to read the story if you know what's gonna happen. Like sometimes the best thing is to find out what happens in the stories and go along. And so, you know, celebrating wins with with my friends, you know, as they happen, you know, celebrating the success of the community as it happens, like that's that's what I'm here for. You know, it's very much about the process and the journey and and building that vision day by day. So you know, I'm I'm here for the journey. I'm here for the community, and yeah, I'm, I'm here for the art too. I'd agree with everything you've just said as well. Uh, I'm absolutely here for the for the journey, for the people, for the art. Um, it's it's addictive in a good way, uh, and I've now made so many wonderful connections with people all over the world just through talking about NFTs and. As you know from from our pre-chat, I don't shill. That's not what I do. I do this because I enjoy it, and I enjoy hearing the stories, the artists behind the behind the art, and the communities. Uh, there's just so many great things that uh, are going here. And I guess another thought that I have, and I often share this with, with others, is that we're in the incredibly early stages of something that I think is going to be transformative. I see, you know, the crypto space as something that I think will absolutely help level the playing field for people to really succeed where perhaps barriers in the past have, have held people back. You know, whether that's in, in, in kind of democratizing you know, music, democratizing the opportunities to, in, in, in your case, really revolutionize how publishers can, uh, can almost, uh, sorry, individuals can become their own publisher and can control the narrative can bring in a whole community around them and and, and, uh, and and everything that follows. And 
yeah, I've seen some of the great, you know, uh, large scale NFT projects, you know, with, with, with you know, huge volumes, uh, but some great people behind it. And um, I've made some good friends. I'm in mean, so many discords, I, I lose track, but it's so friendly. I think everything about it is positive. And even when something bad happens, everyone rallies around to help each other, which I think I wish, and this is probably a naive wish, I wish we could see more of that in real life as well, because I think the thing that keeps my faith in humanity quite simply is is the wonderful people that i meet through this um which uh, is juxtaposed with with everything i read about in the news which is not this community other communities could learn a lot from the way we interact and support each other um so <laughs> i'll get off my soapbox now but i just wanted to to share that thought um I'm, I'm quite happy to continue talking for a little bit longer it's getting a little bit late my time and i know i know it will be for you as well but um uh, for me probably a nice way to maybe close things out in the next few minutes and i always like to ask this question obviously we've talked about you know, your incredible journey so far uh, and the great things to come with 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 the uh, the publication of, of the Deathbringer series as i now realize i've been calling it shadows for weeks but um i'm really interested in you know what else is catching your eye in either the nft market or the broader market uh, and again uh, as you rightly said before that wasn't financial advice it was general advice but just interested because i always like to hear kind of the art that's attracting the eyes of the artists if you like I have to think about this for a second because I've I've been pretty head down, you know, up, up to my eyeballs in in the details of my own project. Um, I really love abstract art, and so I, you know, if you if you look at the stuff that I I retweet on my profile, a lot of it is is abstract work. Um, and so, like, I, I do tend to gravitate toward that. I also, of course, love, you know, everything that's sort of mythology or, liter or literary inspired. Uh, anything that has, you know, like a really strong story or, or world behind it. Uh, so, again, Not as Astro Dreams is a fantastic version of that. I mean, it's, it's world building in, in artistic form. And then, of course, uh, you and I connected over over a piece that was based on Ophelia. So again, you know, my my English major is showing. I love I love world building. I love I love literary art. I love mythology inspired art. Uh, but I also really love I really love abstract art as well. So really, any anything anything abstract is is very much gonna gonna catch my eye. I think in terms of the market, I'm interested in what's happening with Nifty Gateway with the curated drops. So I have I have some some very very good friends, um, a good friend CryptoPalm who has actually just released her first curated drop. I think those auctions were actually ending tonight. Um, but so I'm I'm very interested in the role of curation. So I know we talk a lot about gatekeeping and um, talk, you know, there's a lot of discussion about, you know, um, closed platforms or invitation only platforms versus open platforms. Um, I think that they they each have their role to play. But I'm really, really interested in what's happening with curated drops. So I'm following those very, very closely. I think that's an incredibly interesting development. Because frankly, I would like to see more curation in this space. Uh, I'm a very intentional collector. Again, I, I collect primarily on Tezos. Um, I, I also do have a small collection on, on Ethereum, but the majority of, of my collection is on Tezos. 
And I'm very, very intentional. And I do try to tend to curate. I actually write about everything that I collect. It's one of the commitments I have for myself to not collect any piece that I don't love enough to write about. So I'm really, I'm hoping that we're going to see, you know, very, very intentional, you know, more intentional collection. Um, but I think that curated drops and I think that more curation is something that the market and the space could definitely use. And so I'm, I'm really interested in seeing how, how the curated drops play out and if that's something that more platforms pick up. That's, that's, that's great. I've noticed that. I love the fact that you, you, you talk about the art. And I think um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of not dissimilar in that when I buy something, um, I generally am a keeper. I don't, I don't flip things. And I only buy into projects where I, I like the story behind it. Um, and I like the kind of the, the, the sense of something building. Um, uh, as you probably gathered, most of my historical collection is, is on the now defunct uh, terror chain. But I do have a number of pieces on E. Um, um, Algorand as well is, is quite a good chain. It's a relatively small one in terms of its NFT community there. Um, I, I put a toe into Solana and I do have some on Cosmos chains, uh, which are uh, yeah, relatively uh, early stage. Uh, but, uh, but yes, I, I think um, I, I, to, to, to buy it, I have to buy into it. I think that's important. And actually, that's when it comes back to community, because I think when something is what I would call a kind of a naked attempt just to make lots of cash and there's no soul or heart to it, it's not for me. But um, I think success has to have community at the heart of it anyway in my experience absolutely well on that note i know that it is getting late but i just want to say thank you again for the opportunity thank you so much to everyone who who showed up to listen thank you nai for for joining and, and speaking as well um no this is this is such a pleasure a long overdue conversation but really just like such such a joy and such an opportunity i'm incredibly grateful to have been here with all of you tonight um, the feeling's mutual. Uh, I've been looking forward to this for some time and, and uh, uh, the, the fate brought us together at the point where you'd finished the, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the manuscript edit and everything. So uh, I'm glad you sort of, you've come up for air now and you're able to look out again and have these sorts of conversations. I, for one, am really keen to do another Spaces as we get closer to the launch of, 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 the, of the epic and when the art is ready, if, if, if you fancy joining for that. And um, also, thank you, thank you, Nye. I, I enjoyed the chat there. I should be checking out your art as well. Uh, one thing I always like to end with on my space is uh, someone else who does a lot for, 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 for the, uh, the community is, is, is my good friend from uh, Terra Spaces. Um, uh, he does a fantastic job of documenting, capturing, cleaning up the audio as well. I know sometimes um, um, they're not always all the best on these uh, on, on these spaces. I think tonight's been pretty good, actually, from my perspective. We've not had any anyone drop out because I've had that before where, where Twitter's just uh, done a rug. Uh, but the important thing is just to say thank you to Terra Spaces, as always. Um, great you know, community servant as well. And it allows people post this session to listen back at a later date and time obviously in the interim um i have actually obviously recorded this tonight so there is the what i call the raw version available for anyone to listen to but um terra spaces will, will, will produce a, a a tidied version so i always always like to uh, to say thank you because it's, it's a great service that you do um so from me 
Um, absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed it. And uh, um, I will uh, wish you a very pleasant uh, rest of your evening. And thank you for everyone who joined to listen in the audience. Uh, really appreciate you um, joining us. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. So thank you very much and, and good night. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Super Terra hosting an epic journey in art, writing, and NFTs with Miss Borland. Recorded on Thursday, October 27th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pain, checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows, but then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo. I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio. Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back. Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack. Not everybody's always in it for the money. Looking like another crooked Sunday and I'm working Monday. So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods. Amazed to play Inception, the base state blessed. See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties, huge sums of money that go to the record label per playback can seem insultingly small. Many rights holders are making around three quarters of a cent each time someone listens to one of their tracks, leaving only some portion of that for the actual artist. They say they're making pennies, pennies, pennies per play. Until they can figure out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, 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 pennies per play. Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses. Now we're on the fence like we forgot how to choose. That's what happens when people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog Like a fake mate and call at the zoo It's looking like the view is getting disappointing too I'm working on the new shit, trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music